In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, looking to Jesus in penitence and faith. For Christ came in humility to share our lives. Forgive our pride. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ came with good news for all people. Forgive our silence. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ came in love to a world of suffering. Forgive our self-centeredness. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Dear friends, God, who was rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ through faith. In Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. May Almighty God strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ might live in your hearts through faith. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Beneath the bright star, three kings came 
Let us pray. Gracious God, you have placed within the hearts of all your children a longing for your word and a hunger for your truth. Grant that we may know your son to be the true bread of heaven and share this bread with all the world. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
A reading from the book of Second Kings, chapter 4, verses 42 through 44. A man came from Baal Shalishah, bringing food from the first fruits to Elijah, the man of God, twenty loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. Elisha said, Give it to the people and let them eat. But his servant said, How can I set this before a hundred people? So he repeated, Give it to the people and let them eat. For thus says the Lord, They shall eat and have some left. He said it before them, they ate and had some left, according to the word of the Lord. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. All your works shall praise you, O Lord and your faithful ones shall bless you. They, they shall, shall tell, tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your power, that all people may know of your power and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all ages. You are faithful in all your words and loving in all your works. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up those who are bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon you, O Lord, and you give them their food in due season. You open wide your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. You are righteous in all your ways and loving in all your works. You are near to all who call upon you, to all who call upon you faithfully. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that Jesus was doing for the sick. So Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. And the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Jesus said this to test Philip, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of Jesus' disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the disciples saw the sign that Jesus had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing, and when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But Jesus said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take Jesus into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. On Wednesday evenings this month, a small group of us have been reading the small catechism together. The small catechism is a little thin summary of basic Christian teaching that Martin Luther wrote about 500 years ago. It's intended for families and for use in the household, and so it's a good thing for us to read together every once in a while. There's also a large catechism, which is intended not for families, but for pastors. In particular, it's for pastors who are, in Luther's words, quote, almost entirely incompetent and unable to teach. And while I wouldn't count myself among that group, though some might beg to differ, I figured it couldn't hurt to spend a little bit of time with it last week. And I was reminded of this line in Luther's explanation of the first commandment. Anything on which your heart relies and depends, I say, that really is your God. We often draw a bright line between religious practice, religious institutions, religious beliefs, and their non-religious counterparts. And we usually just distinguish between the two by whether they use the word God or not. 
These beliefs and practices talk about God, so they are religious. These institutions and values don't talk about God, so these are not religious. Luther says that's not quite right. That religious practice isn't just about using the word God, it's about what you trust. Everyone has some sort of God, something they trust deep down, some object of ultimate concern in their lives. So the meaningful distinction isn't between being religious or being not religious. In his mind, everybody's religious about something. The meaningful distinction is between what I'm going to call up religion. Up religion means that you have to do something to get to God. You have to perform some ritual. You have to write some confession of faith. You have to make a decision. Up religion is all about what we do as individuals. Up religion is believing you can't have a vocation until you finish your degree. Up religion is telling kids they can't have communion until they take some class. Up religion is thinking that you haven't done enough to earn forgiveness. Up religion is all about what we do. And you don't have to believe in God to practice up religion. Up religion is consumerism that tells us that when we possess this one thing, you'll finally be happy. Up religion is needing to make ourselves endlessly marketable and investing our sense of self in some personal brand. One of my favorite examples of up religion was an article from a few years ago about five ways you could start loving your body the way it is today. And it was just a list of core exercises. It was like number one, push-ups. Essentially, up religion is trusting that if you make the right decisions, if you say the right thing, if you do the right program, you can make yourself worthy of love. You can get to God, and if you don't believe in God, then fulfillment or realization or whatever word you want to use. What we do as a community of faith, the tradition we operate in, our expression in our community is the opposite. It's called down religion. Because we believe that in Jesus, God comes to us. You can see this in our practices. What do you have to do to receive communion here? You come to the table or you tell me to come to you. What do you have to do to be baptized? You just got to pick a date on the calendar. What do you have to do to have your sins forgiven? You just show up. What do you have to do to become a member? Name, phone, pronouns. That's it. But it's not just about our practices, it's about our identities. That's the more important part of this. What do you have to do to be worthy of love? Nothing. What do you have to do to earn forgiveness? Nothing. What do you have to do to have dignity and worth as a person? Nothing. Because we believe that God does that for us. So down religion is all about how God acts for us. Today's gospel reading, I was going to get to the readings eventually, is a great example of down religion. The disciples have just fed the 5,000, and now they're in a boat somewhere halfway across the Sea of Galilee in the dark of night. It's hard to know which way to go. They're tired from a long day. Jesus isn't here. And then to add this on top of everything else, a big wind picks up, and now they have water coming into the boat, which is just great. 
I think you can understand that feeling more than you realize. Think back over the past year and a half for a second. We've had to state some obvious things. A global pandemic that's killed somewhere between four, maybe 10 million people, put a lot of people out of work, upended many of our lives in various ways. We've had a contentious election cycle that ended with the storming of the US Capitol. We've had a racial reckoning with a very uncertain legacy. And think about what we've gone through as a congregation. We've had staff changes. We've had an incredible amount of movement of people in and out of our community. People died, people were born, people got through the day. As a community, it's felt difficult to know whether we are going somewhere good or what the future has in store for us. And to top it all off, we have water coming into the building now too, which is just great. But Jesus comes to the disciples and us and says two very important words. Ego eimi. The NRSV, which is our translation of the Bible, uses a sort of weird turn of phrase here. When Jesus meets the disciples, he says, according to our translation, it is I, which makes it sound like Jesus is saying, it's me, you know, the guy from the feeding of the 5,000. But that's not how Jesus identifies himself. Ego eimi, which is I am. I am is the famous self-identification of the name of God in the Hebrew Bible. I am who I am. When St. John puts those words in Jesus' mouth again and again and again, nine times in his gospel, it's so that we see the identification of Jesus with God. Jesus doesn't say, you guys, it's me. Jesus says, God is here. Do not be afraid. Whenever we find ourselves in the midst of the storm, uncertain of what the future holds for us, unsure if we're in the middle of the sea or about to get to the other side, Jesus comes to us again and again and again and says, Ego eimi, God is here, do not be afraid. That's what down religion is all about. Instead of striving to get to God, instead of trying to earn God's grace or buy our salvation, we trust that God is already here. To put it very simply, there is nothing you need to do, no place you need to go, and perhaps more important, no one else that you need to become to be in relationship with God. Does down religion mean you can just check out of life's responsibilities? Well, no. You can't drop anchor in the middle of the storm. You can't opt out of responsibility. You can't stop making choices. Life goes on and we go on serving. But it does mean that we never go, we never act, we never choose, we never live without God acting alongside us, among us, and through us. The love of God isn't some end far away. No, to use the author of Ephesians' image, our entire lives are rooted and grounded in love. Wherever we go, God goes with us, so do not be afraid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let's join the church around the world together, confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us come before our triune God in prayer. We pray for the church. Bless the ministries of our neighboring congregations in this town and in the synod. Empower churches throughout the world and encourage missionaries who accompany our global neighbors. Kindle in us a spirit of collaboration that all people may know your loving works. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the creation. Send rain to lands experiencing drought and come to the aid of those enduring sweltering heat. Nurture wheat and barley crops grown for the nourishment of your people and conserve habitats and fish populations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who govern. Cast out arrogance, selfishness, corruption, and instruct those who lead to practice compassion and humility. Inspire them with a vision for the common good and a commitment to ensure that all who hunger are fed. We pray especially this week for the people of Burundi, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and Rwanda. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all bowed down by heavy burdens, for those who are unemployed and overworked, for those unable to find housing, and for those without health insurance. Console those who grieve and hear the cries of all who call to you for healing. If you have any petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Lord, in your mercy, with thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We offer these prayers in the name of the one who satisfies the desire of every living thing, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always and also with you.
Let us pray. God of life, Savior of the poor, receive it with our offerings, gratitude for your goodness, penitence for our pride, and dedication to your service in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through your Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy One, beginning and end, holy and powerful. You are perfect communion, perfect love, perfect life, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, the mother of us all. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the waters, calling forth life in which you took delight. When humanity was first overcome by shame, you sought them out and found them. When your people were enslaved in Egypt, you heard their cries and led them into freedom. When the Israelites were captive to greed and indifference, you sent prophets to remind them of your abundance. And in the fullness of time, you sent your chosen servant, Christ our brother, to redeem us from death and give us your life. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As people came from east and west to greet your son, we come from the ends of the earth to meet you here at table. By this bread and wine, may your word take flesh in us. Join us with all your people here, with matriarchs and patriarchs, prophets and psalmists, tax collectors and holy innocents. May your reign of justice and peace come to fruition through us. For all praise and honor be given unto you, Holy One of Israel, 
carpenter, son of Nazareth, Holy Spirit of every nation and tongue, now and forever. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The body of Christ given for you, and the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. Lord of heaven and earth, as Jesus taught his disciples to be persistent in prayer, give us patience and courage never to lose hope, but always to bring our prayers before you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So 
At this time, we open things up for any announcements, joys, or concerns. We have a few things scheduled, but did anyone have anything else they wanted to share with the congregation? Real quickly, as many of you know, I'm going to be leaving this Friday on vacation. Because we don't have an office manager, the church office will be effectively closed during that time. When you get the newsletter this week, it'll have information on uh, how you can contact someone if you need a committal or accommodation of the dying or something that can't wait. Um, but otherwise, I'll be back on August 15th. We're doing Mary, Mother of Our Lord that day. It should be fun. Uh, but I hope you have fun with Bill and Jerry. Bill, you're not allowed to do stewardship yet. you got to wait until uh, you know September 1. So. Uh, but that should be good. We're going to say Godspeed and farewell to Carol and Bob. Could you could you come up front so we can pray for you before you go? And I don't I don't want to spring anything on him, but Mike is also here and Mike is moving. Could you come up front so so we can pray for you, Mike? Is that OK? All right. And we'll have we'll have crossroads after this. Why don't you come this way? Because there's fewer cables on this side. Why don't you come stand on my left side? Over here, we got some space. There's not many cables. We should be good. Well, no, I've just, you know, insurance issues. Yeah. All right. The scriptures are filled with stories of people who have been called to move to new places. Abraham and Sarah, Mary and Joseph, Paul and Barnabas, Priscilla and Aquila. And filled with uncertainty about what lay ahead, these people could not have found their moves easy. Yet they were also filled with excitement, trusting that God was calling them and guiding them to a new place. And now you, our co-servants in the gospel, are preparing to leave us to go to a new place, a new home, and a new church. And so we give thanks today for the ways that you have given yourselves to the life of the body of Christ in this place. Carol has been a vital part of our giving and advocacy ministries, as well as a frequent supply preacher here who was well-regarded within the synod and our congregation. And many of our members have told me that the weeks when Carol preaches and presides here are some of their favorite weeks of the entire year. Bob has been an active leader here, having served on our parish council as mutual ministry chair as well as serving on the committee that called me here in uh, 2017. And finally, Mike has been participating here in Congregational Life for the past two or three years. And the first time we met Mike, I remember we had the dog, we were out walking, and we were just chatting. And we mentioned, you know, we're, we're having this thing. It's a Christmas party at the church. It's a Norwegian thing. Uh, you, should, you should come through for that. And we thought, there is no way they are going to come to this Christmas party. And I remember being at the at, at the cake stand and turning around and seeing Mike, Emma, and Oksana all hanging out on the floor of our living room. And I, I am so grateful to have met Mike. Mike has been a great neighbor. He's been a great member of this community. And we wish you all the best in your new home. Let's pray together. Blessed are you, O God, for you have created the wide and wonderful world in which we live. We praise you for your constant care of those you have trusted you in ages past who journeyed to new lands of promise. And we trust that you will now hold Bob, Carol, and Mike securely in your hands as they too follow your call to a new place.
May they take with them hearts filled with your love and grace so that those with whom they live and work may see in them the face of Christ. Bless them that they may be a blessing. Guide them in their new home so that they may continue to grow in grace, in spirit, and in truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for, for coming up and for all that you all have done for the life of this church. We're very appreciative. As Carol, Bob, and Mike return to their seats, uh, we're going to have Crossroads Camp and Retreat Center is here today. They're going to do something. I did not read the email super closely, so I don't know exactly what, but they're going to tell us about what's going on at camp this summer. I'm going to give the mic over to you. Why don't you come around just for the cables? Why don't you come around and I'll join the congregation. For those of you who don't know, Crossroads is a uh, ecumenical retreat center owned by the New Jersey Synod and the Episcopal Diocese of Newark. It is where heaven and earth meet, and they have received endowment grants from us for the past, I think the past three or four years, you've gotten grants from us for the art barn renovation, uh, uh, transportation upgrade, and then a new water heater. And you're all up here, so I'm going to give the mic over now. There you go. Hello. Uh, hi, I am Walter. I work at uh, Crossroads. Um, I, my home church is Redeemer Lutheran in uh, Sakasana, New Jersey. Um, but camp's been a big part of my life for a long time. Uh, Pastor Matthew. Hi, my name is Matthew. Um, my home church is in South Jersey at Temple Pensacan. Temple Lutheran Church in Pensacan. Um, this is my third summer working at camp and probably my seventh or eighth summer being there. Thank you. Um, camp has been a huge part of my life, part of growing in faith, leadership, and adulting. And thank you so much for your generosity with your gift. Hi, my name is Helen. My you can use um, she, her pronouns. Um, I live in Hampton, Virginia, but this is my fifth summer working at Crossroads. Hi, I'm Jeffrey. My pronouns are they, them, and she, her. Uh, I've been coming to camp, I think, seven years, and I've been working there since 2018. Um, I'm from South Jersey as well, uh, Morristown. Uh, I go to St. Matthew Lutheran in Morristown, New Jersey, and yeah. Hello, my name is Abby. Um, this is my first summer being at Crossroads at all and first summer in New Jersey because I'm from Iowa, um, but it's great to be out here. All right, so we're so excited to uh, have people back at camp. It's been a long year um, in such a, a safe way. Uh, uh, today uh, or this summer, we have um, youth programs uh, going on, uh, family camps. Uh, our youth program this year is uh, a week long, and it's uh, based on a uh, the word from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, verses 13 and 14 that says, Keep alert, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. So we take the time over the week to break down that uh, uh, that scripture and uh, throughout the days so we will talk to or Matt will talk to you about that 
So, that verse that Walter just read or said for you all breaks down really easily. Our first day will be keep alert. The story is the call of Samuel. And we really discuss how to listen and be alert for God in our lives. The next day is stand firm. That's the call of Moses, the story of the burning bush. And reminds us that even when we don't believe that we're ready for something, God knows we are. The next day is be courageous. It is the story of the prodigal son. And I like to say that it reminds us that the greatest and hardest thing we can do is ask for forgiveness. Be strong. Yeah. The next story is be strong. And that reminds us that as a community, the church is strongest together. It's the story of the women who went to see Jesus at the tomb. And Friday, the last day, is love the world. And that is the story of the Good Samaritan. We're going to teach you a song, um, two songs actually. The first one is called Be Bold. This has a little call and response and a little uh, togetherness. So we're going to teach you the togetherness so you can join in real quick. The Lord our God is with thee. The Lord our God is with thee. Be not afraid, na 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 na. Be. Be not afraid, na 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 na. Be not dismayed, na 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 na. Be not dismayed, na 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 na. Walking in faith and victory. Come on. Walking in faith and victory. The Lord our God is with thee. So that last part is walking in faith and victory. Come on. Walking in faith and victory. For the Lord our God is with thee. So yeah, we're going to do that twice through. Be bold. Be bold. Be strong. Be strong. For the Lord our God is with thee. Be bold. Be bold. Be strong. Be strong. For the Lord our God is with thee. Be not afraid, na 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 na. Be not dismayed, na 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 na. Walking in faith and victory. Come on, walking in faith and victory. For the Lord our God is with thee. One more time. Be bold. Be bold. Be strong. Be strong. For the Lord our God is with thee. Be bold. Be bold. Be strong. Be strong. For the Lord our God is with thee. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. Walking in faith and victory. Come on, walking in faith and victory. For the Lord our God is with thee. No more time. Yeah, good job, everyone. 
So another thing we'd like to uh, share with you is kind of a new thing Crossroads is doing. This is called uh, Bold Transformational Faith. And this is a program that's in partnership with Luther Crest Bible Camp in Alexandria, Minnesota. Um, so they're doing some very exciting things this summer. Um, there's a virtual day camp at home in August. Um, and then Sunday school resumes September 12th. And this is for any kid or any family member. There's things for all people of all ages for this Sunday school program. And then there's also a podcast. So this is during the year. And right now during the summer, there are testimonials from campers. Um, while they're at camp, they're getting interviewed for this podcast, so they're finding that very fun, and I think the podcast is very cool, too. Um, so all of this kind of stuff, you can find out more at mybtf.org um, and listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. So check that out. It's very exciting. Also, uh, this upcoming October, is it? Yeah, October, we have the rally for crossroads which is an annual fundraising event that you could either go to or stay home there is a uh virtual and at camp walk run which i believe is a 5k 5k uh so you can come to camp you can walk around or you can stay home and do it virtually um it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and there's a few other things we have going on in the fall as well. We have a program called Wednesdays Away. Um, and this is just a monthly retreat that's led by a spiritual director. Um, so come to camp then as well. We also have a few women's retreats. And then we have a shepherd's gathering for um, youth ministers and leaders. So we would love to see you at camp um, during that time. Um, yeah. Uh, uh. As, as it was said before, uh, this congregation is so supportive of Crossroads. Uh, the grants allow us to uh, be maintained. Uh, campers go come to Crossroads uh, for less of a price than what, uh, what is required to keep them there. Uh, we want to make Crossroads affordable for everyone. Uh, and congregations like yours and your grants really, really appreciate it. Um, uh, as you might have heard, we're also part of the uh, New Jersey Synod, so it's it's really it's really a, a big thank you to the the synod, uh, individuals, your congregation. Uh, you let camp run and flow, and allow it to uh, happen. Um, and so yeah, I think we're gonna teach you one more song, correct? Okay. I put my trust in your holy word. I put my trust in your holy word. Jesus 
You're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my trust in your holy word. I put my trust in your holy word. I have a living hope. I have a future. God has a plan for me. Of this I'm sure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my trust in your holy word. Put my trust in your holy word. Your word is faithful. Mighty in power. God has delivered me. Of this I know, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my trust in your holy word. I put my trust in your holy word. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my trust in your holy word. I put my trust in your holy word. Again, thank you so much for having us. Um, it really is communities like uh, yours and uh, that really let Crossroads thrive. And we're so happy to be here. Um, on our Sunday. So I want to thank you all for coming up here today. We know it's a bit of a schlep from uh, Port Murray. We didn't want you to go home empty handed. So we have, if you saw Anna running around during the service, we thought they were going to send four of you and they sent five, which is great. But every we have these, these are Advent water bottles with there's some stickers and Starburst and chocolate. Uh, so we hope, I know, I know the camp food is good, uh, but I know a little bit of chocolate helps. Thank you. And sweets. So they're going to stay up here. I invite you all to receive the blessing. May Christ draw you to humility and worship and bring you to see God at work. And may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. God is with you. Thanks be to God.